Welcome to the Sense Sensor podcast. Today I have Denise on, which I'm really excited about because we have explored obviously movement medicine the previous week. Before then, we talked about embodiment, somatics, and trauma. And Denise is an art therapist. So I reached out to her because I think there's something hugely valuable in art, both to have it in our lives, but also in a therapeutic setting and help us heal and engage with different emotions. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. So thank oh, you. Oh, me too. Me too. I actually think I'm going to learn a lot because this, I know for me, art has been a big challenge to get into. And I want to talk a bit about your your history. But before I just want to mention, I know for me, I had a lot of resistance to art in, initially because there was this whole thing, oh, I wasn't good at art in school, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not good. I can't do art, this mm -hmm. stuff. And I hear so many people say that too, even with the dance that we both do, ecstatic dance. People always say, oh, but I'm not a dancer. And and they say, I'm not good at dancing. And I always say, what does that even mean? Who decides what is good? Like, did I miss some meeting with the Lord where he said, this is good and this is not good? I don't know. But it's like, yeah, I just want to hear your opinion on this as well, because I think it's a big obstacle or block for people to even want to explore this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you're saying, who's on that board, you know, deciding whether you're good or not? Who are the people there deciding and judging whether you're good or not? And I think, you know, in reality, we all have a creative to us you know the, the way that we also create our lives the way we do the little things in our daily lives could also be <clears throat> a way of creativity I guess but we're not able to see it that way because it's not seen that way in our society right so the foundation and a huge value in my work is that actually we are all creative how do we get to understand our creativity within us and enable in order to do that we do have to look at our you know, inner critic, inner voice to see kind of what, what it's saying and not let it overpower our approach to creativity. So definitely agree with you there that, you know, there is creativity in everyone. How do we let it flow? How do we recognize it? How do we let it emerge? Um, and for me, I think what comes up for me is safety as well. So creating a creative space where mm -hmm. creativity can actually flow rather than having someone judging or telling you how to do it let's have a gentler approach um around around creativity yeah i love that and also because creativity is play right it's playing and we don't look at a child a child doesn't sit there and build the sandcastle and say oh I'm, I'm can't build the right kind of sandcastle yeah. because they haven't learned how to think that way right this self-criticism is something we are taught which is why a child doesn't have these inhibitions. They just built something and maybe it doesn't work and then they try something else. And that's part of the process is to not have to get it right. You know, I've, I think at least, and of course, I, I love to hear your input. And, and you know, I love this guy called Ken Robinson. He wrote a lot about education in our educational system. And he talked about this creativity test they gave to, I think it was four-year-olds, and where 90 something plus percent scored as a genius on an adult creativity mm -hmm. test. And then they tested them every four years after they started school and creativity went like this. So I always say we're all born with innate creativity, but because we don't cultivate it, we forget how to use it, right? Which makes sense. Like if you don't drive a car for 20 years, you might forget how it works. Yeah. Um, so when people say I'm not creative, I say, I don't believe that's true. I yeah. think maybe you have forgotten your creativity. 
So it's a choice, isn't it? It's a choice to also commit to something creative, whatever that is, whether it's going to a class every once in a while, maybe experimenting with creativity in your own home, but you choose to connect with that because if, if you don't become aware that you're a creative person, then, you know, adulting life happens. You know, we, get, we can get consumed by so many things and we have so many excuses. We've got a spectrum of excuses to bring um, to ourselves when it comes to committing to creativity. So it is a choice. And, you know, there are people out there, there are art therapists, there are art teachers that maybe have <clears throat> also a different approach to to creativity so it doesn't have to be this kind of harsh structured way of of embarking in creativity um there are really for me it's gentleness it's playfulness it's not having a rigid um viewpoint on, on it i think is is the first step at least so is that part of your process when you work with people to actually help them let go of this idea of getting it right because it's almost like a prison isn't it that yeah. keeps us encapsulated because we think, and I think it applies to many things in life, not just art, this idea of having to get it right and being fearful of even trying something. Mm -hmm. I'm blessed that I don't have this because I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. So I'm used to messing up every single day. Yeah. But I know for a lot of people, the idea of getting things wrong can almost become paralyzing. So I guess, or oh, this is a presumption because I don't do arts therapy. So more question, is that part of the process in art therapy to actually help people let go of this fixed way of engaging with the world. So it is one part of the work. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm a little bit um, my funny. My voice has gone a bit funny, so <clears throat> let's get that that out of the way. Do you need some water? <laughs> I do mm. have a, a cup here. I'm just going to have another sip. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Take your time. There's no rush. Okay, I think that's better. Perfect. Um, so it is part of the work. Um, one aspect of, of an art therapy session. I guess you could categorize clients into two categories, right? You've got people who already have the artistic flair, they know that they're creative and maybe things happened in life and they've abandoned it, but they know what it what it's like, right? They're like, I really want to get back to it. I really want to use art um, as a way of connecting with creativity in me, but also getting to know who I am as well. And then there are people who, on the other hand, have had blockages around creativity, right? So I work with people who maybe have had um, an art teacher being very critical towards them when they were in school. Sometimes it's also comments that their parents have made. You know, you need to be an artist to make art. Your art is not nice. You're, you're, you know, you're, you know, parents, parents comment in, in ways that can be really um, challenging sometimes, you No, know, even though they might mean well, but the experience of that on us as children can be really fundamental and it just stays with us. So when as adults, then we start to access creativity, those voices start to come back, right? So if that's a huge barrier, then we start with that, you know, that this is a safe space. This is a, a, a space where you could be yourself. You could express yourself the way that you want to. I'm not a teacher. I'm not judging your art. I'm not going to teach you how to draw. I could help you. I could support you, but I'm not here to tell you how to do things. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to work alongside of you. So a huge aspect of the work that I do is building trust and safety because no creativity can flourish if there isn't safety. There is a um, a quote by uh, Julia Cameron, and she says something like, your inner artist 
um, just like a child is happiest when it's feeling a sense of security. Yeah. And I, I always really keep like that, that in mind. Yeah. I really, and you know, it also come back to what I mentioned about play, because yeah. to play and feel playful, we first need to feel safe. Nobody plays when they're feeling unsafe, right? So, yeah, it's really beautiful. So actually part of the process is coming back to feeling safe, yeah. of getting into a space where we're not being constantly judged, which we are most of the time in life, right? Whether it's by our parents, by our school, by whether we are cool enough, blah, blah, blah. We're constantly exposed to judgment and being told what we have to be, you know, even going on the underground to go to ecstatic dance. I'm bombarded with advertising about all these things yeah. I should fix, you know. Um, okay. So it, it's easy to buy into that and forget that actually there's a place where it's okay to just be yeah. and just play and create. And there's actually nothing that has to come from it. And yeah, I think that's what got me engaged with arts therapy was that was very healing that process in itself and I went to this dance workshop down in Devon where he put out a huge canvas on the floor Amazing. and he said we dance and whenever you want you can just sit down and notice what's happening and paint and he said we're all going to merge it into what when but one big painting so nobody felt their painting was going to be looked at and judged because nobody would know who did what right so people just had this relaxation and everybody started painting and something just emerged. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, it was. So I'm really curious about how you get people like to, if they haven't done arts before, of course, maybe if they have, it's easier. But if they haven't, like I was very resistant to engaging with arts. Like how do you kind of get them get them going and engaging with the process? I think it's, it's um, always helpful to remind people that this is a safe space. So I always kind of encourage that. Um, at, at the start of the work but then I move on to inviting people to start to get to know the art materials right and mm -hmm. just kind of just even just you know touch them see what they feel like see what kind of memories come up you know they tend to use like art materials such as crayons and pastels that are very kind of childlike right so people are like oh I haven't used this since you know primary school and and this just you know a start to a start to connecting with, with with the art material so have a brow see how it feels go gentle go slow on yourself and even if it's just a little mark even if it's a little line, then that's absolutely fine, right? Mm -hmm. And what really helps is to start small. I mean, in your case, you had this big paper or canvas on, on the floor. So that must have felt a little bit overwhelming for everyone, right? <laughs> it would be a bit overwhelming for me as well to make for mm -hmm. maybe the, the first mark on, on the paper. So what I usually tend to do is start small, so a little piece of paper, and I, I also run creative workshops, so I prepare the art materials for people. So what I do sometimes when I present a, I don't know, an A3 piece of paper, I do a little, I pencil out a, a little square for people who want to draw within the square if they feel that the large paper is too big, right? So sometimes I just guide them, it's like you can go wild, you can start big, or else if you're finding this difficult, just start small. You don't need to start big. And when I'm helping people in art therapy um, through my clients. Um, I do art therapy online, so I support um, clients through online art therapy. I just invite them to also have a look at what they have in their own homes. Usually we have pens, markers, you know, collect your art materials in a little box. You'd be surprised what you might find in the, in the 
back of your drawer or you know mm. on your desk collect some crayons make a little art box and and just start there you know you don't need fancy art materials you don't need an easel you don't need oil paints you don't need expensive stuff to start to start going really and that can be a sigh of relief for some people because they mm. think that they need to go big they need to start with that seriousness that structure i need this i need that when actually just start with a little notebook you know little that's paper. what i did that's what i, I bought literally a kid's watercolor sets on amazon for 15 pounds and, and, my little book. That, and right? then i started painting so that was it <laughs> that was it i think it was made for six years old but it was perfect for me i love it um, I love it. <laughs> it, it fitted my skill level it fitted exactly where i was Amazing. at <laughs> but you know one thing i wanted to talk to you about as well is you know how we can use art to engage with emotions because also what i found is art can be a beautiful way to engage with things maybe we're not aware of or find hard to express. I remember working with somebody who found it really difficult to describe their family dynamic. And I said, maybe we can just draw it instead. Mm. And by not having to talk about it, both it was much less stressful for the for the person I was dealing with, but also they expressed it really, really well. Yeah. And I could obviously see in how close they drew the different the different people in their family, the size, it all communicated, how they colored them said something about it, right? Some have colors like of safety, like green and blue. Some had more red, which was a more intense energy. Um, so it was really interesting. And, and yeah, I would love to talk a bit about that, how we can obviously use it. Again, I'm not an art therapist. I just use some of these tools sometimes when I see them beneficial. But how can people, you know, use the art to engage with, with also their emotional world? Mm. So I love that. And, and that brings me back to kind of an, another main aspect of art therapy. You know, we talked about the initial stage of getting to know the inner critic and exploring what the blockages are. And then what you just talked about is, is the core work at the end of, of art therapy is delving into what the image that clients make, the creative expression of what they create means and what comes up for them as well as they're creating, maybe creating a picture of their family or uh, abstract expressive painting of how they're feeling at the moment you know so that's that's the core work after breaking down the, the the kind of inner critic and beliefs around creativity so this is the the juicy part of art therapy mm. of how certain colors might match with a certain emotion um how sometimes clients are left surprised or shocked after creating an image because they were not expecting that something like that is going to emerge. And they're suddenly like, whoa, I did not expect to be so engaged or for it to shock me so much. Or, you know, and, and seeing that response, that's all the unconscious coming through, right? So there's the unconscious yeah. coming through the process of art making, but then there's also what comes through you when you look at the picture and what came through you when you were creating that picture. So in terms of practicing some basic art therapy at home, my suggestion is to obviously find a safe space, uh, you know, a sacred, I call it a sacred space where you could engage in, in, in creativity. And as you're maybe drawing or making art, making collage. It could be a very simple art activity. Just notice how you feel. I think mm -hmm. as you're creating, our feelings are, you know, really powerful messages to what might be coming through the art. So it's not about the final result, 
the final result is important because then we look at the image and we talk about it, but it's also about the process and what comes up when you're using a certain color, when your, feel it, your fingers might get a bit smudged and you've got, you know, color on your hands. What, what does that mean, you know? Mm. Have you ever experienced that? Have you um, maybe, have you been comfortable with getting your hands messy or does it bring up anxiety? You know, there's so much yeah. that just comes up through the creative process. And am I good enough, right? While we are doing it, that yeah. thing comes up. Am I being up messy? And, yes, you know? all this stuff. You're so right. And also, can I even allow myself to play? Or am I so mm. stuck in this rigidity, right? Absolutely. Of how I perceive myself because often we have this self-image. So, and, you know, also what I found, and, and I'm interested to hear your input on this, for me, per, this is personally for me, it was so beneficial because art allowed me to engage with emotions that was very difficult mm -hmm. to do in other ways. So to give you an example, I'm a very calm person. People always say, oh, Thomas, you're so calm. But when I did art, I remember drawing something that appeared quite like aggressive, violent, right? And it allowed me to then suddenly say, wow, like you said, maybe there is some anger that I haven't been able to express in other ways because it hasn't felt safe, right? Absolutely. Um, and it obviously still needed somewhere to get expressed. And suddenly through the art of coloring and painting, it felt safe because it wasn't going to harm anybody, right? Exactly. Um, and, and that felt amazing because suddenly there was a place where I didn't have to be scared about. Mm -hmm. and, and the anger was healthy because, you know, if we are violated, anger is actually a healthy response that meant to help protect us. Um, and when it gets suppressed, it can obviously then become quite harmful. So it was wonderful actually to start engaging and looking at it in that way. And also because in the painting, we avoid projecting it onto other people, right? If suddenly it comes out in hidden ways with other people, it can be passive aggressive. It can be lots of other ways. In this way, it caused no harm. So it felt very safe. I could suddenly just color whatever I want, right? It could be two people fighting, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and I found that very healing. So I think it can be a great place because mm -hmm. sometimes even talking cannot feel safe with certain emotions, right? Um, sometimes we don't want to sit to somebody and say, I'm really pissed with you for X, Y, and Z, but we can paint it, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you think about this. This is just me telling my own experience. Well, I was just, you know, as I was listening you to listening to you talk, I was actually thinking about the power of words and how, I mean, words can be powerful, right? But they're so, um, they could be manipulated, you know, as, as, as adults, we've got defenses, we've got our own way of talking, you know, we could find a way through, through talking and expressing ourselves, right? And sometimes words can be powerful, but there are other, you know, they say actions speak, you know, larger than words. Uh, but for me, I think the create, creativity and the way also, you know, in our dance, we, we express our bodies, like that's not, that's unfiltered, you know, that's all kind of, that's just us being, you know, as authentic as, as we can. And I see that also through art that, you know, your anger maybe could not have been verbalized through words, right? But maybe you needed another outlet, another way of channeling that anger. Yes. And this is, this is incredible. This is why creativity is so, so important. It's, it's just another language, a very, very important language for things to come true. Um, that maybe words cannot fully support or not um, create that kind of genuine way of expressing. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that obviously we can't we, we can't be honest. We can very be honest people, but sometimes you know we choose our words and we can 
we can do that quite quite often when expressing ourselves yeah. such as you know how are you oh, i'm fine i'm good you know do we yeah. actually check in with how we're really feeling and do we feel safe enough to maybe express actually that i'm not feeling great today i woke up feeling really down and i've got these feelings going on at the moment through me that i'm not understanding at the moment you know there's so much more than i'm good but that's what we yeah. choose to say right yeah. And this is just a small example, of course. It's not always possible to go in so much depth, but you see my point there. Oh, totally. And, yeah. you know, also, and, and again, like I said, I'm only talking from my own experience because I'm not an art therapist, but mm -hmm. I think what was so beautiful, so I dealt a lot with neuroscience in what mm -hmm. I'd done before, previously, and I think what's so beautiful for me as well when I engaged with art was this idea that it could really help me integrate left and right brain and create a a more integrated experience while often when we are just in cognition it's just using one part right and it's like the experience even though i'm not saying words are not useful you're so right yeah. they are but it's a very limited part of our experience yeah. right yeah. and it's like art allow me to integrate the other side a more holistic a more felt sensation yeah. of the experience that often can actually be missing through words where it can be quite disembodied. Like I can talk about something, but be very disassociated at the same time. Right. Yeah. So art has been really beautiful, at least for me. And I also found with especially people that maybe have had some more severe trauma, that it can be a much more effective way than, than just talking in itself, which often they will just disassociate when they have to tell a story again. Right. So Absolutely. they're not even there while with arts can kind of bring them back. Um, and like you said, feeling the material, right? There's something about getting dirty hands or working with clay that brings you back in the body instead of disassociating, right? That uh, words. But again, I, I'm curious to hear what you think about this. No, absolutely. I think I think the you know the main aim of 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 creative expression is to once again bring that you know unconscious to a conscious level. And I loved what you said about the kind of left and right brain activity. I love using that. Um, when maybe explaining, you know, what's going on in the brain when there's blockages around creative expression. And I was reading about about the kind of left and right brain um, theory and saying how, you know, the healthiest brain activity. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I love this, this kind of topic mm. um, as well. So, yeah, we're saying how the healthiest kind of transmission in the brain is to have an integration of the left and the right. Right. So as we know, if you're a creative person, you also need that kind of logic, that structure, that um, kind of, yeah, something that's holding and containing for all the creative energy to mm. kind of fit in. But at the same time, if we're practicing just logical thinking, practical um, thinking, you know, language too much, then I feel that that blocks, you know, um, our connection with our body, you know. So practicing using the two sides of the brain in whatever way that, that we want, right? So that might be dance, it could be drama, it could be body movement, it could be so many different things. It could be writing maybe as well, in a way. Um, it could be creativity, it could be painting, pottery, you know, just something that moves us away from that rigidness uh, that's coming from the, mm. the left side of the brain. So... I think if we keep that in mind as a framework, I think it's just a beautiful way to see the importance of creativity in our lives, right? That our brain does feel happier at the end if there's an activity coming from both sides and they're beautifully integrated together. 
you know, and I, I, I try not to come across as this person that's like, oh, no, we need just right brain activity. I, I hope I make it clear that we do need both, you know, because obviously as a, an art therapist, I'm, I'm very passionate about creativity. But all I'm saying is that there needs to be an integration bet- between the two. Uh, you know, I think it's really important what you said, because it's really about balance, right? It's about yeah. balance. So as you said, some people might be so floating around in creativity that they lack the grounding of a logical and maybe they actually need logic. While of course, the majority of people we have been so conditioned in logic, because that's what value right in our educational system, Mm -hmm. that they have forgot the creative part. And it's actually trying to come back wherever you come from. Some people need a bit more logic, but most of us need to engage more with creativity to come to a balanced place where we're engaging both sides. And and then we feel more in balance, like you said, essentially, because the brain is in balance, the organism yeah, is in balance. Absolutely. So I really like that. I'm actually curious because I was supposed to ask you at the beginning, but then as usual, I end up just going in different directions because I'm curious <laughs> also about your story. What made you engage with art in the first place? Why did you get into art and why did you become an art therapist? Sure. Um, this is a really interesting question because for me, creativity Creativity is easy. I, I I was a creative child. You know, I was always curious about texture. And if we go on like um, nature walks or we go to the beach as a family, you know, I'm just there picking the shells, picking the pebbles, seeing forms and shapes. Mm-hmm. And and I just loved being in nature. I think nature has always been really inspiring. And later on, I also got into looking at natural objects under the microscope and getting inspired by the forms and the shapes that I was seeing on the microscope. So I always had that that just came really natural for me. And I've been lucky enough to also grow up in a in a family that really supported and encouraged creativity. So for me, it made me feel safe. It made me feel in my element. It made me feel like it gave me meaning and you know, as then I was growing up as a teenager, you know, just like many of us, there's a lot of like insecurities, low self-esteem, and a lot of things that come with being a teenager. But art has always kept me grounded. And I knew that it was always something that I could always go back to. Um, So that's always been present in my life. And um, I would love to keep it. And I have no doubt that it's going to go away. So I've worked really hard but also quite naturally to um, create creative practice for myself I've got a painting practice now that I always show up for and yeah that's just grown very organically um, throughout my life and then on the other side I've always been interested in people in human stories and human behavior why people behave the way that they do um, the layers behind human beings you know I always found that fascinating and also as a teenager I loved cutting out um, images of brains I don't know there was a phase where I was just fascinated by this organ that's inside our head and it's just like keeping us going right it's just giving the orders and 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 just doing its thing up here and I always found that fascinated fascinating so that's where my interest in psychology kind of started to, to really really grow and I remember when I was, I think, 15 years old, I said I wanted to become a psychologist. But then when I was seven years old, I wanted to become an artist. That's what I I told my mom once. Mm. So, you know, looking back, there was always this kind of twofold interest of creativity and psychology. 
And then I did my training in psychology at university as I did my bachelor's degree where I learned so much about human behavior and mental health and how our early experiences influence our adulthood and the way we think. So it all kind of came together quite nicely, but obviously the creativity was missing at that point. Mm. However, I was always practicing that alongside my studies and just life in general. So uh, I think when I was then 22, um, a family friend told us, told my mom about art therapy. And I was like, oh, you know, what's this? I, I just didn't know that this is a field of work or something that, you know, you could do and, and just earn money from it and help people and, and all of that stuff. So obviously that sparked a lot of curiosity and I looked it up and I said, oh, my God, this is this is what I want to do. How amazing would it be to connect my passion for creativity and my interest in human behavior? And it just just puzzled up you know, right, really, really beautifully. And uh, then I decided to do my training. Um, I did my master's in art psychotherapy. And obviously, I was just mind blown, because obviously, it was a two year experience of delving in into uh, the creative process. We had um, creative sessions ourselves, we would paint together, do art in groups. And it was just fascinating to see how much art can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. And my training was also Jungian based, and I, I was a uh, always really fascinated by Carl Jung and his writing. So it was just beautiful to have Carl Jung integrated into art therapy and and the training that I did. So that's the kind of journey that brought me to, mm. to art psychotherapy. Amazing! You know what? I'm so happy about this shift that's slowly coming, where it becomes more acceptable, and as you said, mm. that you can actually study it now. Yeah. Because there was a time where it was all about cognition Mm -hmm. and we have become so focused on this narrow part of human experience, right? And the human organism. So I'm so happy we're slowly starting to expand that to incorporate the whole human organism. And also when you mentioned the brain, same for me, it's been a huge fascination. And obviously what I work with now, more the integration of the body, but I started very much with the focus on neuroscience and the brain and Mm -hmm. You know, it's so incredible that we have this organ that is more complex than the constellation of stars and the entire universe sits inside here with all of us. And I remember speaking to a friend of mine who said, oh, I don't believe I can do this. I don't believe so much in myself. I said, how can you not believe in yourself? You have created the most incredible creation that is more complex than all the stars in the universe. (laughs) And she's like, what? I said, yes, your brain, you created that, you know, a sperm cell and egg came together and you created this. We call the body, the brain, the nervous system. You have already done the most complex task you will ever have to accomplish. How can you think you can't complete an education or degree? That's a joke compared to what you do. If you cut yourself, your body heals itself. You do that. How can you ever doubt you can go get a job? These things are tiny compared to what you have already done. You have already completed the most complex task you will ever have to do. Even getting vision is a vision center sit in the back of the brain. And literally the neuron from your eye socket have to find its way back to the back of the brain. And it has to connect to the right neuron or we wouldn't have vision. There's literally trillions of other places it could connect and we would not be able to see. Mm. But it still finds the right connection. 
Yeah. How insane is that? Yeah, without <laughs> I mean, doing anything. We don't have to do anything. It's I know. all done on its own. I know, but I think arts, for me at least, is to some extent the same. We block it when we think, oh, I have to do something that looks like whatever. It has to be look like a real giraffe. Mm -hmm. Then we start getting blocked. But mm -hmm. even in arts, I don't think you have to do anything. Yeah. You just have to show up and feel and allow yourself to express whatever that is. And once for me, that was just putting color on and making my hand just mix up the colors and it didn't look like anything. It doesn't have to. And, and I always I always say this, you know, we're not seeking a final result. We're not going to be painting the perfect picture, the perfect uh, still life or, or you know, it, it's, it's all going to be about creative expression that is unique to you. And even if we're in a, in a group, you know, we're all going to express the creative activity or the, the topic or the theme of the workshop in a different way. And it's beautiful because when I run workshops, I then um, invite everyone to share something about their image, right? <clears throat> and it's just beautiful because everyone just does it their own way. And it's there right in front of us. There's six different images. There's six different collages. The theme is the same. We're here in a group, but they all look different. Mm -hmm. However, there's also similarities and differences. So then when we start to talk about images, like, oh, I went through the same thing when I was creating this image. And, yeah. and here we are thinking that we are the only ones, you know, having the inner critic experience about our creativity mm -hmm. when actually running workshops and groups really reveals that, oh, I'm not the only one. This lives in every single person in the world basically it, it, we all have that even i have it you know sometimes when i'm sitting down and wanting to create a painting that's just you know expressive i start to say oh maybe i could outline it or maybe do i share this on social media you know maybe they won't like it and all these voices mm. just you know they're there all the time but i just tune in into i want to express myself the way that i want to no matter what and i'm showing up and i'm doing that Yay. And I guess also group work can bring in the social comparison element, right? I remember doing art with some of my friends and my friend, he's like, he creates beautiful people. And I'm like, oh, I can't do art like that. Mm. And then the, and we have to notice again, wow, now I'm mean, actually, what's that doing for me to compare socially? Oh, that's making me feel worse. Maybe that's exactly. not beneficial for me. Maybe I need to come back. And, you know, I hear a lot of people say this, I can't meditate, right? That's quite mm. normal. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we have this idea that meditation is sitting still with your eyes closed and breathing. And that's not what meditation is for me. Meditation is being present. And therefore, I think meditation for me is what we do in the dance, but it can also be creating a piece of art. Because when you're there and you're slowing down and you're being present, that's for me meditation. So I think everybody can meditate. It's just finding what format of meditation works and for some people it doesn't work to sit still with closed eyes which is totally okay yeah. <laughs> and i think it, art it, can be don't you think art can be like a meditation practice in itself absolutely i mean I, I love that feeling of getting immersed into the creative process you know it's very similar to to meditation being in the zone being in the flow right is what, what we sometimes refer to it as well where we're not letting our thoughts or our surroundings influence what what we're doing we're just doing it for us we're meditating yeah. for us to connect with ourselves it's unique that experience is unique whether you're meditating whether you're dancing whether you're collaging whether you're painting that is experience is an experience for yourself and yeah it's it's a very similar yeah meditation 
and creativity, I think they, they go very well together. And there's also mindfulness as well, being mindful of your body, of, you know, the way you use materials, the emotions mm -hmm. that come up, you know. So I do love linking my mindfulness and into the art making process because there's a huge link, you know. Yeah. Once again, it's being in the present, being with yourself and expressing yourself in your own unique way. And I agree with you, sometimes comparison happens. And in group, in, 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 in group format, it's like, oh, she's really good at art. He's really skilled. Oh, maybe I should try that more. And But it's about noticing that, you know, and yeah. really, you know, as I'm facilitating, it's really highlighting that this is coming through you, you know, and that is amazing. We shouldn't yes. be thinking that it should be better or it needs to be a different way because it's come through you. And that is a celebration on its own, isn't it? That this has come through you and no one else could depict it in the way that you did, right? Yeah. And you know what, even that is an opportunity to deal with the inner bully, because I remember yeah. when that happened for me, when that came up and it was like really critical. And I literally wrote at the top of my painting, fuck off, which was me talking back to my Amazing. inner bully saying, fuck <laughs> off, and leave me alone. <laughs> so even in the that. art, you can then express, right, and have a conversation yeah. with whatever it is that's absolutely, happening, absolutely. Um, which is so joyous. And I think what I would love to talk about is also, you know, people are listening to all this and they might be, oh, this is kind of interesting. Maybe I should try some art and maybe it could be beneficial. But again, you know, I guess it's like we talked a little bit earlier, but but how, how do they get started? Like, where do I start? Mm. If I'm a mm. bit curious, like, where do I start? What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in the art, in the art therapy world, there are kind of two categories of art therapy. There's the kind of art as therapy and then there's the art psychotherapy. The art as therapy is something that can be practiced at home, maybe in, in, in a group setting or maybe on your own without the presence of an art therapist, right? And that is when we say, oh, I just did a doodle while being on the phone with someone and I feel so much relaxed now, you know? So that is, you could see that the drawing and the art making has calmed the body down, right? So it could be a very simple activity that can be done at home, whereas then With art psychotherapy, that's when you need the support of an art therapist where you're working through, for example, some trauma or really difficult things yeah. where you need that kind of one-to-one -one support. And maybe doing the art making can feel a little bit unsafe if you're on your own. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, some images, some creative processes can be really powerful and might bring back a lot of memories and past trauma, etc. So just wanted to distinguish between the two mm. that obviously there are certain um, creativity that can be practiced at home, but then it depends on what you're looking for, right? So even if you're going through a really tough time, just I always say to people, just take care of yourself when you're making art mm. and just consider whether you want to do that with the support of an art therapist. So just wanted to start by highlighting no, that's the two great. differences. That's they're great, really actually. important. It's right? a really good distinction. So thank you for doing yeah. that. Because also then people know what can I do myself and what maybe I shouldn't do. So yeah. if, and I want to look at actually both of these. So let's start with what people can do themselves. And then we can go over to talk about the art therapy afterwards. So sure. if people want to start, because I can imagine, I'm trying to imagine being a listener and I can imagine I might sit there and think, oh, this is interesting, but I'm not ready to go to an art therapist mm -hmm. yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to try this. And, and how can you then start like, exploring and dipping your feet in it and yeah what would be a good way to get going in that way 
Sure, sure. So as I as I mentioned, I think we talked a little bit about it um, at the beginning. It starts off by you know gathering any art materials that you have at home. You know, don't get too caught up in buying you know the expensive materials and all of that. We we spoke about that earlier anyway. And um, so start off with gathering some art materials. Find a little spot in your home. It could be also I sometimes make art in the park. You know, when it's obviously sunnier weather, just you know, carrying my little box, my little journal, my little sketchbook, you know, so start small, you don't have to start big. And then just start experimenting, start, you know, making doodles, you could also do, for example, a lot of dots on the page, random dots, and then start joining the lines and see what image comes up. And then you might want to color in the drawing that ends up being revealed, you know, it's like, oh, this looks like a cloud or it looks like, so just mm -hmm. start playing. It could be a scribble, it could be a doodle, you know, we've all been there, we've been on the phone doodling away and it's like, oh, I've created a whole large, massive doodle here without even realizing, you know, that that could be it, that could be the start. It doesn't have to be uh, anything fancy. Um, I always recommend if people obviously are interested um, Collage, I think collaging can be a really good way of starting a creative process because it doesn't involve making a mark on paper. And this mm -hmm. is, I find, what people struggle with is making that first mark. You know, what is going to be, what, is, what does it look like now if I do it? And will it be right? Will it be wrong? So if you don't want to go down that route of making a first mark on paper, collage is awesome. So you just get a bunch of magazines, cut images that kind of catch your attention and you know place them on paper start gluing them create a story just match them up according to color theme whatever just play keep in, keep in mind that you're playing here at the end right yes. and then you're just gluing them and and it is art but you haven't done any marks on paper right but you've created something based on the pictures that you were drawn to and maybe there was a reason why you were drawn to a certain picture you know maybe it's like oh I'd love to do that. Yeah, let's just bring it on paper and immerse it with the rest of the pictures and see what it might 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 look like. And then when you look at your collage, you're like, oh, I have a little story here or a little narrative mm. or a beautiful pattern of things coming together. You know, so it's all about playing and not thinking big and that it has to be something profound or meaningful. And then just see where that takes you. You might say, oh, I want to do a larger collage or I want to introduce now some painting with my drawing or some doodling with my collage and just start integrating based on what you have available in your home. Even as you describe this, I'm getting this sensation that it's also about letting go of control because yeah. we constantly live our life wanting to be in control or control and it's very exhausting, right? Exactly. And in this as part of, I don't know what this is going to be. I know my friend of mine went out and just found things in nature and started gluing it on paper and had no idea what it would turn out to be, like you said. So I think there's even a practice, isn't there, in this, in how is it to let go of having to be in control. And also when you said, you know, this idea about getting it wrong, a friend of mine said yesterday actually to me, oh, not about arts, but just in general, I'm so afraid of making the wrong decision. Yeah. And, and, and I said something to her, she said, felt really freeing, which is I said, everything we do, we will always make the wrong decision. Because there is no right decision. Right decision. So if yeah. you can just accept that whatever we choose, it's going to be wrong anyway. That makes it much easier to just make a choice and go with it. Because there is no way to get life right. 
and and in that and accepting that there's a real ease because there's so much stress in having to make the right choice out of a million different choices that we have right and it's impossible because to make the right choice we would need to know the end of the story of every single choice we make and that's impossible right so there's also just an acceptance that whatever i choose it's not going to be the right choice and that's okay too yeah, you just work with it. Yeah, work with exactly. work with whatever whatever comes through. And I think yeah, control is a big thing, isn't it? So <laughs> this is all like if we had to have control here and then creativity here, they're just like an opposing, completely yes. uh, opposing aspects. But you know, it does help to 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 engage and and to immerse yourself into something that you just don't know what it's going to look like. And, and, and for some people, that's really difficult, but it's so liberating once you create something and, and, and let it just flow through you and just accept whatever that looks like, right? Without having an agenda or an expectation of what it's like. It, it could be so incredible for especially for people who haven't had that experience and i see it i see that in 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 workshops mainly you know they come they come to workshops and they're like oh i don't know i'm not really sure i want to do this maybe i shouldn't and then you just see them they're in the this creative flow and they can't stop and i'm keeping time and almost feeling guilty of sending them oh we've only got 10 minutes left and i was like oh i want to continue i was like this is it, right? We, we come in with those yeah. uh, beliefs that we can't do it, or maybe I've done the wrong choice with coming here, and and then they're just they're just in it and they want more. So yeah, it's so freeing. It's like it's remembering beautiful. how it was to be a child again, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, of course, you don't want to stop. Once you get back into playing, you don't want to stop. Absolutely. I mean, it's a fun place to be in. Why would you want to leave? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why is he saying time is up? Yeah, I want to <laughs> <But>, stay. <laughs> but what I wanted to, before we finish off, I would also love to just talk about, obviously, when people then want to do it in a more therapeutic way so so they can obviously start playing around doing with a but if they potentially want to work a bit more um they obviously as you said it's good to have that one-to-one support so if people wanted to engage in that way what would be a good first step and also how could they reach out to you um i think you said you do some stuff online and also i know you're based in london for people who are in london so yeah how would people take that next step Absolutely. Um, so I work online and also in person. I'm doing more online work at the moment. And what I do in my one-to-one sessions is more art psychotherapy. So it is the other modality that I was speaking about um, uh, just a few minutes ago. And sometimes I do incorporate some art as therapy aspects, especially at the start as a warming up um, kind of phase into the one-to-one work. But then obviously, as I start working with clients and things start to become a little bit more uh, explorative and a little bit more um, deep, I suppose, that's where I bring in the kind of art psychotherapy modality from obviously from my training where I'm working as a psychotherapist, but of course, using creativity and art making along the way, right? So we would talk about, I don't know, anxiety, attachment, past trauma, and just taking it really gently with mixing also verbal therapy, but also art making. So sometimes when things might be a bit difficult and clients are not in the space to do art I also allow talking therapy so sometimes it's a blend of the two so if clients say oh I really don't feel like making art today then we'll go with that and sometimes clients come like oh I know what I want to paint I know what I want to draw I want to 
express how anxiety looks like because I'm done with anxiety and I really want to get to know it and explore it to creativity. So then that's where I come in and guide clients and maybe suggest if they're feeling a little bit unsure of how to create or express themselves, I suggest how about we try this and how about we experiment with this art material and I'm guiding and supporting them mm. with expressing whatever they want to express. Yeah. I work a lot with emotions, so I do ask and touch base with them, you know, how are you feeling right now? How is that for you? What surprised you? And that's kind of, once again, that's the unconscious coming through, right? So if we sat down and talked about the issue or the problem or the challenge, maybe the client wasn't able to be in touch with those aspects that come through after engaging in the creative mm. So there's a lot that comes out. And then obviously I'm asking questions to go a little bit deeper and explore things um, on a bit of a different level that I would do in the artist therapy modality. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So it allows them to dive more into Absolutely. the things that are yeah. challenging to look at. You know, it was fascinating when you also mentioned that you look at attachment because, and this does not have imperial research, it's literally just what I have observed because um, attachment is also a big part, attachment theory of the work that I do. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that when people draw, especially people in, in their life close to them, people who tend to be more of a, a towards an avoidant attachment tend to create much more space in their drawing between the people. Ooh. People that are more anxious draw people like very close, almost yeah. like too yeah. close. And people with more secure attachment seem to draw them more in, in a, a medium distance. It's just very fascinating. Um, and of course, these are not fixed either, but it's just interesting to see how even through drawing, these mm -hmm. unconscious tendencies tend to be expressed, right? And how we relate to the people around us. I just found that really fascinating to watch. That's really interesting. And it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, the anxiety kind of tightness. One that, that holds people very, very yeah, close. That's right. Yeah. The avoidant needs space, right? So they like to create space in the drawing. Exactly. While the more secure, they kind of like the middle. They might people close but not too close <laughs> yeah wow that's so. beautiful I love that I mean yeah so much I can so much can emerge and and you know some people think that I interpret images or or you know can identify the meaning of an image and I, I could get a sense you know of of maybe the mood or the feeling around the, the painting like anyone could when you look when you go in a gallery right you see this dark painting yeah. Ooh, what was going what was going on with the artist you know we all get that sense uh -huh. from a painting but for me I'm more interested in what came up for the client and how do they view their image sometimes I also ask them to give a title to their image mm. or to write a message to it or to journal about it you know so it could really offer a chance to go deeper and for clients to understand better what their image might be saying to them and sometimes they don't know you know it's like I just don't know what this means and that's totally okay as well so staying in the unknown as well and holding yes. that beautiful I love yeah. that that's a beautiful comment actually to end it on and could you just tell people where they can find you we're also going to put it in a link in the description below but maybe you could also just tell them if they want to reach out and learn more how they can find you Sure. So I um, share some information about art therapy and also some of my art on Instagram. So they could find me on Denise Chikluna Art. And I've got a lot of more information, also some free resources and a booking system. If anyone wants to book on a consultation call, uh, it's my website, denisechiklunaart.com. So everything is on there. 
Instagram, I sometimes just share some more creative projects and, and updates about my art therapy world. So, so that's it, basically. Amazing. And I'll put the links in the description so thank people so can much. go down there um, if they can't remember. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing your experience and just opening up people a bit more to this world, which I think is really important. So I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, just love the conversation and how it flowed. So thank you so much, Thomas. Yeah, we'll talk more another time. I could keep yes. going, but I know we'll I know. talk for hours and people are like, we need to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome, Thomas. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.